We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chase Parham podcast. I'm Chase Parham, obviously, and today we are going to speak to Kevin Crass. He's a prominent Little Rock attorney. He is on the uh, University of Arkansas Board of Trustees. He was the director of the uh, transition team when Sarah Sanders became governor in the state of Arkansas, but in addition to all those things, he's also one of uh, Chris Beard's really good friends. Chris Beard, the Ole Miss head coach in basketball. The Rebels off to an 8-0 start, and Kevin and Chris have known each other for a uh, long time. Chris was the coach at Little Rock. He won 30 games. He took the uh, Trojans to the NCAA tournament. Kevin's son coached under Chris Beard at one point. He was on that staff with Chris. And uh, he has known him in a lot of capacities and is a good friend for years now. So it felt like a good time with the Rebels off to a hot start. The Rebels have a big game in Orlando on Sunday against UCF to catch up with Kevin. And we talk about Chris Beard the person, Chris Beard the coach, and what Ole Miss people should expect as this tenure keeps going here. SEC play not too far away, but a lot of excitement as a culture building in full effect right now for Chris Beard and the Rebels. So uh, here on the podcast coming up, it's my conversation with Kevin Crass. Kevin, yeah, really appreciate the, uh, the the time today. You and I spoke, I guess, when uh, Chris was a candidate for the job at Ole Miss the week that he was hired back in the uh, – and the spring, and now you were uh, you, you kind of sung his praises to me during the course of uh, that week, and a lot of that coming to fruition from a program standpoint, and them off to a hot start as well. The Rebels 7-0 in the season, headed to Orlando to play UCF on Sunday afternoon. I'm just, I guess we'll start from the beginning. When did you, when did you first hear the name Chris Beard? How did he come into your conscience? Well, back in, I guess, 15, 2015, there was an opening for the UA Little Rock head coaching job, and my son uh, was on the staff of the, the coach that had been let go that created the vacancy, and the athletic director here, Chase Conk, uh, hired a, a search firm to help him find a new coach, and that search firm, who was headed up by Eddie Fogler, the old uh, South Carolina Vanderbilt coach, I think brought Chris Beard's name to uh, UA Little Rock and uh, Chase Conk, the athletic director, had the good judgment to hire him. Uh, at that time, Chris was a, a head coach at a Division II school, uh, Angelo State. 
But before that, I'd never heard of him. So you you meet him, and how long does it take? You watch what's going on with that program. When did you realize he was different, that he's a guy like this that could elevate to this uh, th- this tier of the sport? Well, uh, fortunately for my son, Chris kept him on. He was the only UA Little Rock staffer that Chris kept on, and that was actually at the advice of the coach that Ted had worked for guy named Steve Shields and Chris and Steve were good friends. But as a result of Ted being on the staff, I continued to be involved at UA Little Rock and supporting him. And uh, I remember Ted coming home. So he got hired, I guess, that March. And, and this is typical of Chris. He never really told Ted he had a job. He said, just keep, help me transition and we'll, we'll figure it out. And um, uh, he he worked hard. I mean, I, Ted came home one time to visit us uh, at home and and said he it was the first day in like three weeks he had left the house or come to his house when it wasn't dark. And I realized at that point Chris was a hard worker and he was uh, he was working his staff hard. And you know it was before the transfer portal, but there were junior college transfers. He, he rebuilt a roster with new players. And, you know, it didn't take long to see that he had the ability to um, evaluate talent. So he kept some really solid players that had been at UA Little Rock and then molded them into even better players. And then he attracted. So I would say, you know, I watched him through the summer, uh, watched him through the fall. I, I kind of compare this chase to the experience that Ole Miss is having because, and I think he did this at Tech and at Texas, is that uh, he has some good key early non-conference wins that causes the cause the fans and more importantly the players to buy into this this process. You know, you probably have heard him talking about trusting the process. And uh, those early wins, you know, you thought, well, the process must work. And I remember there was a road trip to, to San Diego State and a road trip to DePaul. And he won both those games on the road. And much like your deal at Ole Miss, he, um, he was undefeated. And people started paying attention. The irony of that season is – and it was probably the first time I ever went on the road with one of his teams. We went to Lubbock, where he's playing his old team. And uh, Tubby Smith was the coach at Lubbock. And, um, you know, he played very competitively. He did That was his first loss. But I remember leaving that arena thinking, man, those people really showed a lot of respect for Chris. And – you know, a year later, he's their head coach. But that long way of answering your question, much like you're experiencing at Ole Miss, there were some early wins where probably he pulled pulled them out of the hat, and you go, "This guy can coach." Yeah, you, what he's doing right now, and again, it's a you know, it's a fan base that that's had some some a modicum of success at different points and different things, but 
sort of training everybody again for winning basketball. You know, he and he is he's really on culture is the word that keeps coming up with Chris throughout this season. And, you know, even things like, hey, season ticket holders that aren't in the state that you can't get there, give your tickets to somebody, fill up the environment. He's been focusing on students and all those type of things. Are those you know, the, the marketing and the PR and the way he draws people in were those tenants that you realized that at Little Rock and then obviously led to the, the success that he had at Tech as well. It seems like there's a lot of parallels potentially between Ole Miss and Tech's program when he took over to those spots. Yeah, I, I would say if you if you watched him as closely as I did at Little Rock, Tech, Texas, and now Ole Miss, it's the same playbook. Uh, he did not have the fireside chats in Little Rock. I wish he yeah. had. Um but he had the same approach to getting the community to buy into the program. You know, UA Little Rock is a, is a bit different than those three other schools because it's more of a commuter school. But as the thing got rolling in the, in the year, he got the business community involved. He got the fans involved, the students involved. And, and he is a firm, it's part of his process and culture that you build a home court advantage and he he did that I think very well at Tech and he did it very well at Texas and it looks like to me he's doing it again at Ole Miss I saw the Memphis game and those kids in their shirts that said culture Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know even the tad pad game Chase he did that at Tech they had an old memorial arena or coliseum Um, and ironically one of those games I went to because the, the the visiting team was Abilene Christian and Ted was on that staff. And then in Texas, he went over to the old Memorial Gymnasium where they still play volleyball games and had a game. And he does that to connect to the past. He's very respectful of prior coaches, even those that were terminated, and very respectful of the prior players. And I think he's done a great job wherever he's been at connecting the past and and at the same time raising expectations from where they the past has been in a way that doesn't offend anybody. And I think that's a that's a very delicate thing to do when you start trying to be better than someone else. You, you can oftentimes come off as critical. I don't think he does that at all, but I've seen that he's that he's done the use of the tad pad and the honoring Coach Evans and bringing the students involved. It, it's all kind of his, what I would call, uh, M.O. And it, it comes off with a lot of sincerity, too, I guess is the word I would use, because even when I've spoken to him outside of a basketball thing, he, he focuses on you. Now, he's really busy and he's going to go on to the next thing, but – he, he, he does a really good job of focusing on whatever it is that he's going in through. And, and I think that plays a role in it because, you know, it's kind of what you mentioned. It, it's it's delicate as far as pertaining to the past, but whatever he's doing, he feels very sincere about it, very intentional with doing that. And I would assume that that even builds into to friendships because people like yourself, it seems like everywhere that he has been, he's maintained relationships in ways that you can tell that it was very authentic and it wasn't something fake that was simply for for the gain in the moment. Yeah, I think that's true. Chris is a very genuine person, as I think I told you when he was hired. You know, he's very uh, close to his girls. Family is very important. You know, I had dinner with him. Uh, He came through Little Rock on his way back from Texas, and um, uh, he had lost his dad and and was Mm -hmm. 
dealing with taking care of his mother and you know, most people don't see that side of Chris, but he's a very committed family guy and a very committed friend. Uh, he is busy, but, uh, you know, I haven't been in the same city with him probably, you know, nearly nine or 10 years. I probably feel closer to him today than I did when, when he was in Little Rock. Uh, and I know that that's true for a lot of people that he got to know in Little Rock and certainly Texas as well. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better, like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've watched him coach a ton of games obviously in person and just following him for these number of years what is it that makes him such a good coach on the floor you know i'm not an expert on 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 that except i think uh i think i probably enjoy going as much to his practices as i do his games because that's where it happens i think he is a master 
at running practices. And, and, you know, I, when I watched, when I played basketball, you know, practice was somewhat unstructured. There is nothing that isn't structured in his practice. And I was over there in September, I guess, just to catch up with him. And it just happened to be, you know, the second day of, of the limited practice. And what struck me, Chase, is that he had his videographer cutting clips that he was going to show to the team, uh, sat there with him while he instructed the videographer and then went and watched it. And almost every clip was a lesson in culture. It wasn't about an X and an O or, you know, a physical position. It was like, here's an example of what our culture should be. And here's an example of something that can exist in our culture. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just little things like you, you watch these kids who are, are very well skilled and they're dribbling two basketballs to work on the fundamental of, of dribbling. And I, I just always struck me that his practices were so structured and intense um, and I think that really is what bleeds over into the to the games. You know, he's uh, um, he spends a lot of time in the on film um, during the days leading up to the game. There there are not any surprises to Chris uh, during that. And then I think he uh, he instills y'all won a lot. Of, Ole Miss has won a lot of close games that come down to a possession, right? And uh, it's kind of like when Saban beat Auburn a week or so ago, the first thing he said on the field was, we practiced that play. And I think Chris has studied Nick Saban. It used to be one time went over and spent some time with him. Hmm. And, you know, I don't think he's unprepared for anything at the end of the game. And so it instills confidence in that huddle when most people are panicked that, hey, we, we know what we're going to do. And let's go do it because we've executed it in practice. And I think that's really what um, what makes him so good uh, during the games. Was that one of the things at Little Rock? I mean, you said he was able to hold on to some players and different things, but just allowing them to play free and confident and was able to change things around that quickly for them to sort of be instilled that, you know, because it's, sometimes it's hard to teach a team how to win. And it seems like he has some ability through what you're mentioning in late game and, you know, not messing up flow that maybe he can expedite that better than some coaches can with giving them a little mental belief in that. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. I think he uh, uh, he has, a, as you know from being around him, he has an extreme, uh, extremely high confidence in his own, own ability, not, not in an offensive way, but, uh, you know, I – I have a tendency to, to always, if you get under pressure and there's a little bit of doubt, you know, am I really prepared for this? I don't think Chris ever has that doubt. And I think he instills that in his players that, uh, that we can do this. I think that's why the early success is so, so important to the, to the process. Uh, you know, I think one of his big games at Tech, he played Duke in Madison Square Garden. And I was trying to remember, in prep of this call, did, did he win it or did he just, he may have lost it, but it was, you know, came down to the last possession and it, it told the Texas tech community, we can compete at the highest level. And, and I think that's what 
happened in Little Rock. You know, Steve Fisher was at San Diego State. DePaul had a had a uh, a great history and rec- reputation, and they won those games on the road. And all of a sudden, the kids thought, "Man, this process is working." And and then the, you just get even more buy-in into what you're doing. Uh, but you know, it, it, things have changed since he was in Little Rock in terms of building the rosters and the mm-hmm. transfer portal is 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 revolutionized the game and and he seems to be really good at it there there are others that are really good at it Musselman at Arkansas seems to thrive in it and uh uh, there are guys that uh you know are can take a a a group that hadn't been together and mold them into a unit faster than the traditional way of bringing freshmen along and and merging them into a group of sophomores and juniors and seniors Chris seems to be really good at, at bringing those kids in and and uh, making them better individually and as a team. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned Musselman, and I kind of had his name written down even back when we were talking about on you know the impact of getting students involved in community and different things. It seems like the two of them are both really good in their own environments and own places of how quickly you can you know maybe in basketball more than the other sport because of how much student and environment changes things and home course advantage and whatnot, but how just a little bit of impact there in community and students can really elevate. It seems like Eric and Chris are somewhat similar in that regard. Yeah, I, I would say they are very similar in that regard and, and similarly successful. And, you know, Musman just had one of his career wins by beating Duke at home. And I happen to have the good fortune of being there. And I, I tell you, I've seen Bud Walton arena uh, at a high level, but, but that night was at the highest, and I was told by people that watched Jay Billis on television that he was very impressed. And and uh, you know those those crowds can make a difference. And um, you know with 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 as many of the games on television, it's it's sometimes hard to get people to to come to the games and and to be as in, into the game when they can sit at home and watch it on television. But both both these coaches seem to have the ability to fire these kids up and even the adults and get them into the game. I don't want you obviously to do any type of breaking confidence or, or, or go too far in a conversation you've had with them. But when Chris was considering this job and just his motivation level, and you had talked to me about, you know, the fire he had in to do it and do it well and successfully, what did you kind of take in on, you know, some of, uh, uh, of his processes on why Ole Miss made sense for him? You know, I, I didn't get a lot of insight as to why Ole Miss in particular um, was appealing to him. I, I, I know that the idea that he would be competing in the SEC was very attractive to him. Um, you know, I think he and the AD uh, had a, a real good communication line early on. Um, but I think – I think he knows that in the SEC, you know, that football certainly is a dominant thing on campus. But I know he's talked about Arkansas and how, you know, it's such an elite fan base when when the program's rolling really well. And I think he felt that way about Ole Miss, too, that it would be uh, a fan base that was ready to be ignited. And, uh, you know, I know he was familiar with Oxford and what a great place that is to live. But uh, I, I doubt Chris has even bought a permanent place to live or even rented. I, last I heard, he was bunked up in a 
rent house with like three other coaches, but hopefully he's found better accommodations. <laughs> but he, he doesn't spend a lot of time sitting around at home doing anything. He's usually working. <laughs> what does he do in his free time? What's the what's the hobby for Chris Beard? You know, it, 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 I don't – during season, I don't think he has much of a hobby. Um, he talked to me when we were down there about hooking up at a Grizzlies game or a – I guess there's a G League team that plays in in uh, is it South Haven? It is, yes. Uh, uh, he talked about going. So you know, here his hobby is going and seeing pro basketball. But <laughs> but during the summer, you know, he he loves the outdoors. He likes floating down the river with a bunch of his coaching buddies. And uh, uh, but he's 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 pretty intense about the work. I, I I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been phenomenal to watch him and continues to watch him. I, look, adversity is going to come. Um, obviously, the roster is going to get better under Chris Beard as time goes on. And uh, they're off to a great start. They're getting a lot of AP votes and whatnot, trying to get ranked. They got the big road game on Sunday. But just as Ole Miss people, I mean, what what what, what should they expect from, from Chris Beard as their basketball coach as time goes on? Well, I think he will um... – He'll be. I think he will continue to grow on the Ole Miss fans as they take time to study him and get to know him. I think you picked up on the fact that that his enthusiasm for the institution and its people is genuine. He uh, he speaks very highly of of the of the Ole Miss community when I talk to him. You know, I think one thing that's probably worth noting is I think he assembled a really good staff. And I think when you when you see the history of that staff, it's a great tribute to Chris because, you know, Wes Flanagan was on Chris's staff at Little Rock, mm -hmm. as was Brian Berg. Brian Berg and Pinkins were on his staff at uh, Tech. Um, and then Bob Donwall, Donwall was on his staff at uh, Texas. And, you know, those are – the type of coaches that frankly could be top level assistants anywhere. And, and they came back and reunited with Chris. I think that's a great tribute to Chris. I think it's a great tribute to Ole Miss and with Wes, you know, bringing his son Allen back, I think was a real uh, coup for Ole Miss and Chris because Allen's a phenomenal player. And at least what I saw of the Memphis game, you know, it seems to be he's back at that high level that existed before he had the the uh, uh, the accident with the the Achilles. But but to directly answer your question, you know, I think I think Chris uh, will continue to to inspire and in, and in, in the fans and um, create a level of enthusiasm. You, you know, I think this is true for a lot of us in the SEC that try to battle at that highest level in the conference, you always have doubt, you know, can we compete? And I would say that Chris is, um, uh, and this is true for some of the other coaches too that we're talking about, but I think he, he has the highest of expectations for himself and uh, for his staff and for his assistants. And so, and as players, I should say, and when he talks about winning championships, it's not talk. He intends to do it, but I think the fans need to buy into that and know that that he needs them in in the arena and and 
with the excitement that creates that advantage as the home court, he needs them to be there with him. And uh, I think fans will enjoy being part of that journey with Chris. I think he will always show appreciation when they're there. And um, uh, I, I think it'll be a good journey for everybody. Yeah, I kind of laugh about it because he talks about, hey, making the NCAA tournament, that's the goal, that's the year. And, you know, a lot of times people go coach speak, and I'm like, no, he has one gear. The gear is making the NCAA tournament. That's it. There is not a consideration for a bill to that for him. It is it is his goal right now. So, right. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not coach speak with Chris. He means it. Oh, uh, Arkansas headed to uh, the pavilion in late January. We can, can we can we get you over for that one? Is that is that doable? You know, I, I I've got a serious conflict. I've got to uh, uh, work around, but it's an eight o'clock game, and I might be able to work it out. Um, but I'll certainly be watching with great interest. I'm I may be coming over for the Troy game on the nineteenth. I've learned over the years that a good game to go see Chris is the game before the Christmas break. Okay. Because after the game, you get a chance to spend some quality time with him. So I'm trying to, I'm hoping we can do that. Sounds good. I uh, I understand. Well, safe travels, Kevin. I really appreciate it before and uh, and now. And let's uh, let's keep in touch as this thing keeps rolling. Okay, Chase. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your interest.